Welcome to another episode of Power Alphas. I am one of your co-hosts, Sabi Piscatelli. And as always, I have my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful fiance with me, Amanda Sacamano, better known as Mandy Rose in the social media world. How are you doing today, baby? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited. I'm really excited. We have a very, very, very special guest today. Yes, we do. Um, we both had the privilege to be on his podcast and his shows. He is a four-time Emmy-winning TV host, content creator. He has created such a amazing personality on a social media platform. He's had the privilege to interview some of the top, top celebrities in the world, some of the top WWE superstars in the world. Uh, He's done a tremendous job of just growing his his YouTube channel, his pages, and he's very, very, very well respected out there. Uh, not only a great human being, um, he's a newly a father, which we'll get into that a little bit. But just for me personally, I'm excited to have him on the show because I want him to tell his story uh, and kind of come out of how he became so successful, what he went through, his struggles. But I'm kind of excited to dive into him, so might as well introduce him right now, Chris Van Vliet. Hope I said that right. <laughs> Sounds good. There hey, Chris. Abby, Mandy, so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, oh, thanks man. for having us. Uh, thanks and for coming on. And you did say it on. right. Yes, Van Vliet. Thank Van you. Vliet. We had a little bit of debate on it, yeah. but you never want to mess up anybody's life. Because, you know, my last name used to get murdered all the time. Piscatelli. I mean, when I was like a little kid growing up to bat, they'd be like, Sabi Piscateller. I'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Especially when you're little, you're like, oh. <gasps> Well, yes. thanks for I've thanks for coming on, Chris. We really appreciate it. And My uh, pleasure. As Sabby said, we both had the privilege to go on your show a bunch of times. I think you might have interviewed me twice, right? I believe. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think once when you were like red hot in WWE, and then yeah. once like I think right after you left. So yeah. Yeah. Look, you guys are the best, and I think you might be the fittest couple in like, the history <laughs> of the planet. So Thank you, Chris. I, I work out every day, but you guys are inspiring me to get as jacked as both of you. Don't be, don't be <laughs> humble, Chris. You look great. Make sure you go to you his do. Instagram and check him out. He looks great. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, you I do. I don't have nearly as many shirtless photos as you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey. if I looked like you, I would never wear it. <laughs> Savvy just walks around the house, like, no shirt at all times. When my mom used to live with us, I'm like, can you put your shirt on? My mom lives with us. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, I was always like wearing no shirt. Even when I was like a little kid, I always wear no shirt, depending on what I look like or don't. But listen, I don't blame you. Listen, Chris, I'm so excited, man, I, I'm, for you to have us on the show, for you to be on our show. Um, let's dive right in. I want to talk a little bit about where it began, began for you. Um, talk a little bit about yourself, talk about a little bit about your background and how you got so involved in a, just a tremendous TV personality. Because everything I look at you, you have the privilege to interview so many good superstars, you have so many good relationships. Um, just talk a little bit from the beginning a little bit about it. So it goes back to me growing up just outside of Toronto. I'm from Pickering, Ontario, Canada. And I fell in love with the idea of broadcasting because I think at the core of broadcasting is storytelling. And I just love the idea of storytelling because without stories, what are we as humans? I feel like that's something that really propels us. So I remember having a Fisher Price tape recorder with like actual tapes. Oh my God. And pretending to be a radio broadcaster when I was four years old. So it goes back to that idea when I was four years old. And we had a communication studies class when I was in high school and we like had a TV studio inside our high school and that's what really changed things for me like oh this is like a possible career path like this is something you could do for a living and I had this idea that I didn't want to hate my job not that I wanted to love my job I just didn't want to hate my job I didn't want to be one of those people who couldn't enjoy Sunday 
because Monday was the next day and you dreaded going mm. to work. So mm. that was a big thing for me was like trying to find something that like juiced you up every day. Because for me, the definition of success is waking up every day, excited for what you're going to do and then being proud of what you've done at the end of that day. So that's really where it starts for me, this idea of like just being juiced up and excited for every single day. Chris, love I, I love that, man. What an incredible message. So people are listening out there. He just said it best. Like, make sure you pick a passion. Um, make sure you pick something that you can wake up every day and be excited to, to attack the day. Like he just said, that's, that's awesome advice out there, Chris. Um, yeah, it really is. And also just like, from when you were little, you kind of always knew that this this could be something. That's also like very inspiring. Um, you know, wherever you never know where you're going to end up, so it's really cool. But um, so, Chris, you've obviously interviewed so many amazing superstars, celebrities. Um, you know, what made you get into interviewing? You know, pro wrestlers, and do you have like do you have a favorite kind of genre of like? celebrity status of like who you love to interview so i started interviewing wrestlers just like selfishly because i was a wrestling fan like love it really got <laughs> into that. it in the attitude era like it was the rock was my guy in the attitude era and obviously stone cold and the undertaker triple h it was just stacked at that point in time but the rock was really my guy and i'm in high school at that point in time and i remember walking down the halls and asking people questions just so I could shout, it doesn't matter what you think. Like that's how <laughs> I do what I, I was it. with wrestling. So when I got the opportunity to start interviewing celebrities, so like long story short, uh, I got into television through an internship. I kind of lied my way into getting an internship. No one was going to give me an opportunity. I scoured the internet to find the general manager's email address at this station that was like an hour away from my hometown. And I emailed him, lied and said, it's spring break next week. I'm going to be in town. It'd be great to come by and just talk to you about a possible job. And he's like, well, if you're going to be in town, sure, come on by. We don't normally do this. Total lie. I hadn't been to that town in 10 years or something. But me showing that initiative got me in the door. He's like, well, since you're here, you seem to be you know, really excited about this. We'll let you do this. You can be an intern. That turned into a job. That job gave me so many opportunities to be on camera that led to me being on MTV2 Canada. That's where I really started to interview celebrities. So you're interviewing comedians and actors and directors. And then WWE came to town. Mm. And I remember asking my boss and I said, do you think we could interview like a WWE superstar? And she's like, yeah, I mean, sure. We've done that before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get paid. To talk to a wrestler. So <laughs> wow. Right of both of my passions, broadcasting and wrestling coming together. And that was 2007. Bobby Lashley, my very first wrestling interview. That's what, you know, really where it began was me just being a fan, wanting to selfishly ask questions that I genuinely wanted to know the answer to. And every time WWE would come to town, once, twice a year, whatever it was, I would just make sure we did an interview. So yeah, we aired a little bit of that on TV, but I also got to like scratch that itch of my fandom a little bit. I love that. That's amazing. But I think that's what makes your interviews feel so authentic and real because when I've interviewed with you, like, you know, we just kind of shoot the shit. You have really great questions, but it's like it's coming from a, a true fan. Like that's what fans want, you know, the things that fans actually want to know. So I think that's that's really amazing that that's how you started. That's really cool. You know, just to piggyback on that, Chris, real quick, what Mandy just said, um, I actually remember doing your show 
And, you know, I've had the privilege of being in the NFL and even college football and, and in WWE for years. So I've always, I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of interviews with, you know, one-on-ones or whatever it was. And I remember when I walked away from our interview, it wasn't like an interview. It was almost like a friendship. And then you were a fan of WWE, but, and you could tell it was just a very organic flowing podcast. It was a very organic flowing, um, experience for me because it was just like you were just always so positive you knew how to get the best answers out of us and I actually think that was tremendous because even I look at some of your accolades now you know your four-time Emmy winning TV host like that is an amazing accomplishment but when you actually get interviewed by you I felt that I felt the the general really just really loving the industry, you actually care about the person you're interviewing, and you weren't just asking questions to get a story. Mm-hmm. For, so for that, to tip my hat off to you, Chris, that, that's tremendous, and it's just amazing wow. to see how successful you've been in this world. Thank you guys so much. You do a lot of interviews, so I mean, that means a lot coming from you. And I think the biggest thing for me is I just wanted to sound like an actual conversation. Like I think that if you were to bump into someone at the grocery store and you were to start chatting with them, you would not be thinking of like, okay, I've asked them this question. And when they're done answering that question, I'm then going to hit them with this question. And then while they're answering that, I'm going to prepare mm-hmm. this other question over here. You would just listen. You'd just be in the moment and you'd listen and you'd have a conversation. And those have always been the interviews that I've been drawn to myself. And sure, I'm a wrestling fan, but I also like my wrestling knowledge is not like nearly as deep as I think some wrestling fans. Like I couldn't tell you what the main event was of SummerSlam 1998. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay admitting that, but I like to be able to be present in the moment. And like, you know, you do a ton of research when you're interviewing someone like you, Mandy, or like you, Savvy. you do a ton of research to find out like, what are the things that make this person tick? And I, I try to ask questions around that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you made a made a good point because Sabby and I are obviously kind of new to the podcast world. And that's why we're really excited to have you on because we also want to pick your brain and kind of, um, you know, get some advice as well because, you know, we're not, we don't know really what we're doing. For, for instance, we've been behind the camera a lot. I'm sorry, in front of the camera a lot. Yeah. And for us to be kind of hosting a podcast, the last few episodes, we feel like we're getting a, you know, a good chemistry. In the beginning, I was a little bit more like, all right, let's do like this, this, this. And Savvy's like, let's just not have like any of those topics and just kind of talk. And I'm like, now I'm kind of getting it that it is better like that because we do steer up different conversations from like a random question maybe it may go this way and then 10 minutes in you're talking about it like so it's kind of cool because i've experienced that the last few episodes right babe well, like yeah. we've been noticing well even like chris just said i think is such a vital point where he said be present in the moment yeah because again i'm sure you have and i'm sure chris has seen it sometimes i'll do an interview and I'll say an answer, and they didn't even hear my answer, and they're on to the next question. And th- that next question might not even relate to what I said. Right. So for me, it's like I think that's when I had the interview with Chris, and I and I watched him. And, and again, I want to dabble into a se- in a second, but I mean, he had the privilege to interview some of the biggest top stars. I mean, he's had a couple interviews with The Rock, John Cena, and to see the way The Rock can sit down with him and have that conversation, and you could tell it's a relationship. And I think, like he said, and that's a great kind of message in life, like live in the present moment, be present, listen, 
learn and then react. And I think that's something that Chris just said that people, all the listeners could hear out there. That's just everyday life right there. And that's what's making Chris so successful. And that's why he tremendous is, is continued to be tremendously successful. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you guys this, since it's the Power Alphas podcast and I'm a guest on the Power Alphas podcast, <laughs> does this make me a Power <laughs> Alpha right now? 100%. Yes. You are a Power Alpha. Right, okay. Always have been. I love it, man. (laughs) And speaking of, uh, going back earlier, I wanted to say something. I was looking at your Instagram the other day. Your baby girl is beautiful. Oh, Oh, my God. Congratulations, by the way. I showed Savvy a picture. I'm like, look at her. Her eyes. Oh, my gosh. Good thing she looks like her mom, right? (laughs) (laughs) I see a little bit of both. No, your wife's beautiful. But, um, yeah, congratulations. How's that been, you know, becoming a father for the first time? Yeah, so she just turned eight months old last week. And it's been incredible. It's completely life-changing. And people will give you advice. People will tell you all all these different things, but nothing can prepare you for when that moment actually happens. And it's really changed my outlook on life. Like, Mm -hmm. it seriously has. Because the way that her name's Logan, the way that Logan looks at the world, she looks at it with such wonder. Uh, everything she's seeing is for the first time. Yeah. And I, I often catch myself going, man, if I could look at the world with even just a fraction of that <laughs> wonder, I feel like it would be just a totally different place. But yeah, it's been amazing. And every day is a new adventure. And oh, I love I love being a dad so much. Oh, Congratulations. I love that. Congratulations. That awesome. I, I, That's amazing. I'm really excited for Mandy and I to get married this year and and, and God willing, um, we go to that next chapter in our life. I think we're both looking hey, forward to it. Hey, congrats on so, all of that. Yeah, Thank so we're you. excited. Yeah, we man. are excited. We are excited. So, Chris, I need to ask, um, talk about some of these interviews you had with such mega stars. I mean, I looked at your Instagram, so many to pick from. But give me, in your eyes, I want to know your top three, your top three biggest celebrities you interviewed that you really enjoyed and why. Top three, man. That's uh, number one for sure. It's going to be tough to get, nail it down, narrow it down to just three, but number one for sure is The Rock. Yep. Like I just said, The Rock was my guy in high school, and he meant so much to me. I feel like a lot of who I became in those formidable years when you're 15, 16, 17 were because of watching The Rock and what he did in the ring and the promos that he cut. So I got into entertainment news in 2006. I didn't do an interview with The Rock until 2012. So like I knew it was possible. He was always promoting movies, always doing different things. I knew that it would happen at some point in time. I just didn't know when. And then I actually got The Rock backstage at Raw. So like I got The Rock in the moment, like in the the atmosphere that I knew him from. He was backstage 2012, backstage at Raw. I lived in Cleveland at the time. And he was promoting WrestleMania 28 in the match that he was having with John Cena. And the way that he just like he comes into a room and obviously he owns the room because he has this massive presence Mm -hmm. but there was maybe 12 15 of us in the room he went and shook hands with every single person and introduced himself hey i'm Dwayne. good to meet you hey i'm Dwayne. nice to meet you like he took the time for every single person took the time to take every photo and then you want to talk about being present the rock is so (laughs) present in that moment and he's so self-aware that he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. This is going to be a moment that you're probably going to tell your brother and sister and husband and wife about. He makes the moment like about you. Like he shares the spotlight with you. So not only is he funny and charismatic and has this larger than life personality, but he does something to bring you into the spotlight. And they always say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but if your hero happens to be Dwayne Johnson, do whatever you can. (laughs) 
try to meet him because he's fantastic. And now I've had the pleasure of doing 10 interviews with him. Not, not that I'm counting or anything like that. <laughs> wow, that's I've, impressive, though. That's awesome. That's man. so yeah, cool. He, he's so great. And there's a, a piece of life advice that he told me during one of our interviews that I'll never forget. It was actually when he was promoting ballers. And if you think about what the story of ballers is, he's a former NFL player trying to figure his life out. Yep. And The Rock's goal in life was to play in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think that The Rock, as successful as he is, didn't accomplish that goal that he had. And obviously, life went and, you know, figured itself out and right. probably, you know, ended up better. But I said, if you could go back and change anything so that you could live that dream that you had, that childhood dream of playing in the NFL, would you change anything? And he told me something I'll never forget. He said, sometimes the best things in life are the things that don't happen. And I was like, wow, it's, I mean, that's so good Love because that. sometimes we think, oh, I'm doing this thing right now. And that needs to lead to this, that leads to this other thing here. Life threw him a curveball, and he figured it out. And wow. he went into wrestling that led into his career in Hollywood. That's led to everything else that he's doing now. And it's something that I'll never forget. Sometimes the best things in life are the things that don't happen. So the rocks, number one. That's Number awesome. two, after I did the interview with The Rock, I was like, the next person on my bucket list is Tom Cruise, you know, one of the oh, biggest yeah. stars on the planet. Wow. Truly one of the last remaining movie stars. And I got to interview him for Mission Impossible 6. We were in Paris for the world premiere so on cool. the red carpet. The Eiffel Tower was behind us. Like, wow. I couldn't even believe this was a real thing. I actually have a photo on my wall of that. <laughs> and you want to talk about being present. Like, he's in I that heard. moment. There's thousands of screaming fans around there's journalists everywhere and he's locked into this moment with you talking to you like you're the only person that exists and that level of being present is something that I'll, I'll never forget and then to narrow down to three um the third one here oh my goodness i don't know i've, I've uh, had so many great conversations but let's, you we'll could say it mandy wrestling. rose it's totally fine <laughs> 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 well we'll keep it in wrestling john cena is just such a, a great person and yeah I did this interview with him. I've interviewed him a handful of times, but I did an interview with him WrestleMania weekend in 2019. So WrestleMania 35, that was that WrestleMania where he wasn't on the card. And then he ended up like coming out of the crowd and being part of the show. I did this interview with him. It was the only interview he did that entire weekend. And he's like, I have 10 minutes for this interview, 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, great. At the 10 minute mark, I go to wrap up the interview and he reaches in his pocket he grabs his phone and he goes, oh, we still got more time. Keep going. And I'm like, wow. oh, okay. So we keep going. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, I really like want to be respectful of your time. I want to get you out of here. Thank you so much. He goes, oh, hold on, hold on. One more, one more question. And we got time for one more question. Wow. And the fact that he was able to make that time for me and have that great conversation. There's a lot of things from that conversation that I still take with me in my daily life all the time. He's just fantastic. And he's in the position that he's in for a very good reason. I mean, you guys, you guys have interacted with him. John Cena's fantastic. That's awesome. Dude, that let me tell you something, man. That is first of all, that's an incredible accomplishment, man. And and you really I think just what you just said, you said a couple things that really are resonating with me and me and Mandy talk about it. We have a saying that says, um, Sometimes uh, unanswered prayers yeah. are the best thing in the world, right? Like, kind of like you just said, the best things in life that, that, that didn't happen to you. And like you said, The Rock's a perfect example. If Rock made the NFL, I don't think The Rock would have become who he's become today. That's just my opinion. Um, and I think we've all had situations in life 
where we look back and we're like, wow, like, why did that happen to me? I was so close to accomplishing this. Or everybody has a story of like, oh, I wish that really happened to me. But you don't know the blessings that God have down the road. And Mandy and I have spoken about it before. And I have a story I'll share really quick. And I've told her this before, you know, real quick. When I was playing in the NFL, I was second round pick. I, was, I had high expectations. I, w- I had the banner on the stadium. My jersey was number one seller. Going to 09, um, I was NFC player, breakout player of the year. I had all the weight of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season on my shoulders. They wanted me to be the guy. Long story short, we were the worst team in the league. Obviously, I didn't play as well as we should have. We were 0-8, so everybody didn't play that good. But the point of the story was that was the first time in my life where, like, all my dreams weren't coming true. And I was like, hold hold on. Like, I made the NFL. I became an NFL starter. I was a high pick. Now I just need to get that contract to, to retire my family. I wanted that $20, $25 million contract to retire my family. And I didn't get it. And it broke my heart, right? I, I prayed on it. I, I didn't understand why God took it from me. It was right there. But... I would have never met my beautiful fiance. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. I never would have met the person I was supposed to meet. And now I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Uh, I love life with Mandy. We financially, I we're, 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 go, we're growing together, which a 24 year old kid with that money, who knows where I would have been at. But the what God took away from me at the time devastated me was the biggest blessing I ever had. So I just wanted to piggyback that story, what The Rock said, because he is 100% correct with that. And that's why you got to wake up every single day and attack the day. It's you versus you. You wake up every day and be the best version of yourself. Because um, to piggyback that, Ray Lewis, one of my best friends, was friends with The Rock, went to school with The Rock, extremely successful as well. His saying to me was, the only thing that follows hard work is results. But it might not always be the result you're working for, but it will be a good result. So that's kind of something I live by. So, Chris, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I just wanted to say yeah. that because that is deep, what you just said, for sure. It that's is. That's powerful. I feel like we could have an entire three-hour podcast about all this stuff. Like, that, that's really powerful stuff. I, I got to ask you this, Savvy. Do you wish that you had stayed with the Bucks, you know, several more seasons and you could have played with a goat? You could have played with Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that would have been – that That to me would have been such a tremendous honor. But that also would have been a, a career-changing moment because, you know, it's – these guys that get to the NFL, the difference between people who play five years and make five million or play ten years and make – 25 million yeah. it's not really talent at that level it's about being on the winning team winning situations and having the privilege to play with the guys like tom brady you know i know from my experience my best year in the nfl was 2008 and i had the privilege to start with Derek brooks and Derek brooks was, was at that time was like one of the greatest linebackers in the game and i remember when i was playing with him just his presence just his attitude his accountability you were scared to let him down like, I was scared out there. Like, if I made a mistake, I was like, Derek Brooks is going to yell at me. He's gonna, I'm going to disappoint Derek Brooks. So I made sure my game was elevated. And I'm, I'm assuming that's the same presence Tom Brady brings to the table, right? Mm. Everybody gets scared. Everybody's nervous to disappoint him. So that everyone's on their A game. and Everyone's coming out to make sure they perform at the highest level because you have a guy like that that's of greatness in front of you. And guys like The Rock probably bring that when they come around, you know, a, um, a movie set. So, you know, that's a great thing, what you just said. I wish I had the privilege to play. But I had the privilege to play with guys like Derek Brooks and you know Rondé Barber guys who were in the Hall of Fame so I, I had that privilege so I was very grateful for that you guys have both had incredible careers and I think the best thing about this is 
you're you're still doing your thing. I actually, I, and I'm not trying to turn this around so that I'm asking the questions here, but <laughs> it's just natural you guys, for you. What made you guys start your podcast? Because I feel like feel like everybody has a different reason for starting a podcast. So I think um, I know Savvy has always wanted to do something like this. I know um, he we've talked about it, and it was kind of just like the right timing. Um, obviously, with my situation the last year being out of WWE, now I'm kind of able to do a bunch of different things. Um, so it was just good timing. We were like, you know what? Let's start a podcast where we can both talk about our stories. I think we've been through a lot. Um, I think with me, it's like a lot of people see the glitz and the glamour and what I post on social media and. Sometimes they don't see the hardships and, you know, the dedication and all the hard work that it took me to get to where I am today. And I think Savvy can relate to that as well. Um, and it was funny when we first started, like a lot of my friends, even they were like, wow, Savvy, like he's he's really good at this. Like he's got a good voice for be like being like a host on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, he does. And I'm thinking, I'm like, why aren't they complimenting me? I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should just stay. I'm like, you could be like, you could be the majority of the hosts and, and take control, but I've gotten a lot more comfortable. And I think our chemistry has, has gotten better as well being on the podcast, but it's been a lot of fun. And I think being able to, um, share our stories and show a different light of who we are, not just as WWE superstars. And both of our characters were a little bit similar that were when we were on TV where, you know, we were these crazy physical specimens and, you know, more savvy was crazy physical specimen. I was, you know, the golden goddess <laughs> and all that. And I just feel like we both um, are able to tell our story and be more relatable on something like this. Whereas, being in WWE, it was a little hard to to showcase that because we were always in character, always had to, you know, kind of be on, you know, uh, in front of the camera and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been fun. Like, that's pretty much why you wanted to yeah, do I it mean, as well, that's right? That's a great question, Chris. And um, in my mindset, you know, um, I wanted this podcast to really be have the relatability because even guys like you. Um, tremendous that people will see on TV. You're very, very successful. You've had the privilege to be around some of the, the most successful people. And sometimes people misconstrued with people on TV or in social media that their lives are so much better than theirs. And it's, it's not. We all have struggles. We all have triumphs. We all have tragedies. And I think for me personally, when I wanted to get into this podcast was I wanted the relatability to talk to people like you and other celebrities and athletes that are very successful in their own field and talk about your struggles a little bit. Talk about how you got there. Talk about it wasn't all glips and glamours. It wasn't all straight to the top. You know, we all have those moments. And for me personally, I've been on podcasts where like the producer will pull me aside and be like, you know, you speak very well. When you talk, you have that, I guess that voice, they say it's kind of engaging. So I just felt like, I felt like it'd be a good opportunity for me to just to kind of Talk about everything that I failed on or everything I've been successful on or, or guys that, you know, I've had the privilege to have a mentor of like Ray Lewis and one of my best friends is going to be in my wedding party. Like guys like that is teaching me so many things. And, um, you know, I want to teach that to anybody listening to this podcast. And it's like even with Mandy, like just watching her grow and me trying to tell her financially how that the mistakes I made. And I think I just wanted to kind of get on this podcast and just talk about it with everybody because I think people need to hear people's stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and congrats to you guys, by the way. I don't know the exact stat, but it's something like 
70 or 80 percent of podcasts stop after six episodes oh like really pod fade is a very real thing yeah so wow. congrats okay. to you guys for not only starting it because a lot of people talk about doing it and dream yeah. about doing it and come up with a name but never actually do it so congrats number one on actually doing it Thank and you. then congrats number two on continuing to do the thing because a lot of people go I'm not getting the results that I thought I was going to get. I thought I'd have way more followers or way more subscribers or way more downloads. It's such a long-term thing. And I want to key on key in on something you said, Savvy. I think that social media so often just shows us the finished product. Mm -hmm. And I love being able to have conversations like this on my podcast or conversations that you guys have in your podcast to show like the bumps along the way. Like absolutely. So often you're just seeing the actor up there holding the Academy Award. You're just mm -hmm. seeing someone with the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl ring or whatever it happens to be. And you don't see all the struggles along the way. And that's what's so relatable because someone can go, oh wow, that thing happened to me or that thing is happening to me. And if that person who's so successful can get through that, well, I can do that too. What's possible for me now? Absolutely, man. That, yeah. that, that's tremendous advice again. So Chris, I would actually like to ask you a question. <laughs> what advice would you give us to continue yeah. this podcast? Because obviously you're very, very successful and it's an honor to have you on our podcast. So tell us a little bit of what would your advice to us be? And sorry for uh, turning the tables there and asking all the questions. No, 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 we no, like no, it. No, we I were like, it. oh, we're gonna flip the switch no, here. No, I love it. It's, it <laughs> this, this is not this is not an interview. This is yeah. an interaction. This is exactly. us talking, and that's and that's why I wanted to have you on one of yeah. our first big guests because I, I love the way you interact with people. I love how you tell stories. Like you just, I, I love how you, you you conduct yourself. So that's why I, I want to ask you what your best advice would be. So I, I think the biggest thing in podcasting and YouTube in general is perception is reality. So if it looks like crap, it sounds like crap, people are going to think it's crap. So you guys are already crushing it. You've got the studio. You're, you, it then. looks good. So if someone even just watches a clip on social media, it looks great. So the perception there is is great. I think that one of the most important things is what I just said is to just keep going. Like, yeah. It's not easy to find the time. And you, you, you guys are doing this weekly, is that right? Yeah, we're doing it weekly, but yeah, it does take time and it takes time and, to grow. And that's 52 a year, right? So yeah. if you're looking at that on January 1st and you're going, how are we gonna come up with 52 yeah. <laughs> guests or 52 topics this year? Like that seems like a ton. I'm doing two, sometimes three a week. So I'm about 120 wow. episodes wow. a year right now. Oh my gosh. Good for and you. About a hundred-ish interviews. So it's a lot, right? That is like a lot. It's a lot. So I think one of the biggest things is plan it out, try to figure it out. I'm trying to be five to eight episodes ahead just so I have a little bit of buffer yeah. in case we go away or in case you know I need to do something with Rachel, my wife, or Logan, my daughter. I want to have a little bit of buffer instead of like at the last minute going, we need an episode tomorrow. Like, yeah. well, what do I do? <laughs> so I think that's another big part of it. And just be consistent. If you're gonna say, I'm gonna put out an episode every Tuesday, you better show up every Tuesday and put out mm -hmm. an episode. And if you keep showing up every week, your audience will start to show up as well. So I think that those are a few really simple things. And the most important, this is gonna sound so cliche, but have fun with it. Like just remember, it's just a conversation. It's a chance to like pick someone's brain or it's a ch chance to like dive in deep to a topic with someone for 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, whatever it happens to be. Just utilize that time to the absolute best of your ability because the really cool thing about a podcast is it's a gateway to have a conversation with someone who may not necessarily want to give you an hour of their time. Like if you reached out to 
an actor or a director or an author and said, could I take you to lunch and we could just hang out for an hour? They'd be like, who is this person? Of course not. No. <laughs> but if you, if you have the incentive like of this will be on my podcast and other people will listen to this and be inspired by it, it completely changes the narrative. So take advantage of those moments and you know, lock in the biggest guests you could possibly get. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Chris, for all that advice. And I think, um, you know, from the get-go, I was kind of strong on making sure we do it right. You know, I it, it we don't need to rush this. Let's make sure we have, um, you know, the, the right tools and the right people. We went through some different teams here and there to kind of help us because, and I think it just takes a lot of time. And I think people... Um, you know, people, there's a lot of haters out there as well, which I want to ask you a question, Chris, because I'm sure you've dealt with it. And we are not, not new to haters. We've been in the social media world for a while, especially me before WWE. So, but since Sabby and I started the podcast, we've just noticed, um, I don't know what it is. People are very opinionated. Um, I know, you know, we state our opinions on the podcast, so they can state their opinions whenever they want and whatnot on the comment section and everything. But how do you deal with the constant and maybe you don't get it as much, but the constant kind of like negativity or the the comments that you look at and you just like shake your head and and all that? Because I know, you know, it's everywhere, but we've been dealing with it a little bit more the last couple of weeks and we get a lot of positive comments as well. And we don't like to obviously um you know, harp on the negative ones, but they're there. And sometimes I got to delete like really bad ones. But how do you deal with that knowing that you film? Yeah, so much? it's funny how our brain is like drawn to the negative stuff. I know, too, right? Like, it's like you try so you hard. Can a, you can have 100 comments, 99 of them are like incredibly positive saying like the nicest things possible. And then one person says something about right. either something you said or something you're wearing or how you look. And it's just like, that's the thing you like think about all the time. And I, I probably don't deal with it nearly as much as you guys do with the high profile that you guys had being in the WWE, but I just tried it my best to move on from that. And as you guys know, those comments so much, so more, more often than not say more about that person than they do about you. Right. And I think that that's an important thing to remember is like, that's a reflection of who they are and what they're going through in their own life, rather than a reflection of who you are and what you're doing. But in every single day, we have the positive that we can focus on or we have the negative that we can focus on. And I just choose every day that I would much rather focus on the positive things. That's why I end every podcast asking my guests, what's three things you're grateful for? Love and that. I do that at the start of every day. I wake up every day, I say out loud three things I'm grateful for and I do it before we go to bed as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason mm -hmm. I do that I is that. because there's so many good things in your life that you can be grateful for. And if I'm asking a guest of mine who's insanely successful in whatever field it is that they're in, and they're able to say, yeah, I'm grateful for my health, or I'm grateful for a roof over my head, I'm hoping that somebody listening to that can go, oh, wow, it's been a really rough day or week or month or year, whatever it happens to be. But I too can be grateful for those things in my own life. And that's what I would hope to be bringing through these conversations and through the, the posts that I have on social media. And yeah, the negative is always going to be there, but I would just rather not not focus on it. You know, Chris, that that answer was unbelievable. It really was. And I actually touched on something similar to that the day after. We, we had two videos go viral um, big time on, on TikTok and Instagram. And it was funny. You said, like, I, I stopped reading social media because I got, I got really 
bad in 2009 when I was with the Bucks, and I wasn't. I was 24 years old. I wasn't ready for all the negativity. But long story short, in my career, I made that conscious decision not to, to read any negative or social media. I didn't care anybody's opinion about me anymore. But that being said, you made a great point. If people talk negative, it's a it's a reflection of what they're going through in their life, of unhappy they are, or how angry they are, who they are as a person, a male or a female. And for me, it's like, they're just almost telling you that I'm miserable, right? So that's why like, I even talked about guys, like energy's everything. You know, even if you talk negative, you're talking bad energy. And if you have bad energy, it's just, you're gonna continue to be around bad energy people, and you're never gonna, amount to what you want to amount to if you continue to have negative energy. And that's a fact. Um, and you know, for me, that's kind of the same thing I was telling Mandy. Like, I don't really get caught up in as much because I actually, like I said, we're coming from a good place on this podcast. So if there's negative comments. It's like, well, we're just trying to kind of give back and help. So for me, Chris, that was like a tremendous answer. And like you said, like another great saying, when you said, I, I wake up every morning with um, my attitude of gratitude. I have 10 minutes in the morning by myself for my prayers, my meditation, and my attitude of gratitude. And every night I go to bed, I get on my knees and I say a prayer and I thank God because that is what life's all about because you have so many things to be grateful for. And one of the best sayings I've ever heard is you'll never get what you want until you're grateful for what you have. Mm. And for me, I personally believe that it's changed me tremendously when I just woke up every day had the attitude of gratitude and, and lived in the moment and appreciated the moment. So again, Chris, I mean, you're giving so much in tremendous knowledge and tremendous advice out there. I, I, I can't thank you enough. That was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I know good, Mandy the, has more questions, but so far I, I, you're, I mean, you're teaching me so much, Chris, I appreciate, you know, just and the likewise, uh, knowledge. I'm learning so much here. <laughs> First of all, I want to ask you, Real quick, how you enjoy the cold plunge and oh, what's your cold cold, what's your cold plunge regimen? What's your routine? I need to know this. So it's every morning for me. Okay. And I had it turned down to the lowest possible setting. I have the actual plunge, like plunge.com, yep. like the original plunge. I had it turned down to the coldest setting, so 39 degrees. Ooh. Wow. That's cold. As you guys know, Impressive. that's cold. That's really that's cold. cold. Yep. Mine's at like 45. Oh. Okay. It's been it's been chilly in California, and I know Ooh. that anybody in like an actual And rainy, cold right? Place, yeah, it's rainy. It's like 50s like 55 like so that's cold for california <laughs> it's really cold for florida it's not really cold if you're from canada or from new jersey where my wife's from yeah but it's so 39 degrees i get in every day usually three-ish minutes but i changed it recently sabby have you done the snorkel plunge yet no what's a snorkel plunge like you go all the way under no way snorkel <gasps> So like you're all the way under and just the snorkels above and you're You breathing. would love that. How long? How he long goes did under. you do that for? So I went in the first time. It was 39 degrees. And within 30 seconds, I had the like the worst brain freeze yeah. ever. Because like, you're under there 39 degrees. It's just like feel like it's compressing. So I looked up a video. I'm like, how do people do this? Because I was watching all these clips on social media, people doing it. And the number one tip was turn the temperature up. So I'm like, ah, okay. So <laughs> I turn the temperature up about 10 degrees. It's, it's right around 50 now. Perfect. And I go in, I can stay underwater for maybe 90 seconds or two minutes, but it really like, you kind of feel like your pineal gland in your head. Like it, it just, it's a totally different feeling. Go buy a, wow. a cheap snorkel on Amazon and give this a try. But I'm in yeah. the cold plunge for three-ish minutes and that feeling you get. Unbelievable, you right? come out of it. I feel you feel like you could fight a bear. Dude, when you, come out. You, you, 
<laughs> I love it. I try to tell Mandy this, like, yeah, obviously when you're in it, it, it sucks. But when you yeah, get out of it, sucks. the re the release of just whatever endorphins, endorphins whatever serotonin. it is, it, it, it's just like you feel like you could take a bear on. You don't need no coffee. You don't need no energy drink. Yeah. You don't need nothing. Um, so it actually is addicting. Have you actually noticed that you're kind of addicted to it? Like you need to get in cold, yes. a cold, cold water. It's right. We it's were crazy. just away for the weekend. I didn't yeah. have it, but I was doing cold showers where we were. And I mean, it's similar, but it's not the same. But two two reasons I love the cold plunge. Number one, when you're in there, it is very difficult to think about anything yep. else other than being in there. Like yeah. in the moment, you're so incredibly present when you're in there. And number two, especially if you do it early on in the day, you've just done something hard. Like it's going to be difficult to do something more difficult than that. And you've done something hard. You've done something that you don't want to do. And you've done it. You've, you've looked at it head on because as you guys know, you're standing in front of that cold plunge. You never want to do it. Never. No. Like you're looking in that never. water. That's my problem. Never. The anticipation is the hardest. I do it, but I'll do like contrast because I got to go back and forth. Okay. But it's like just yeah. well, getting that's, that's in it. That's great for your health too, though. That is great. Yeah, I don't do it as much. I really should start doing it more. I'm going to start every doing it in the day. morning. It should be every day. So, yeah. so Chris, <laughs> I don't want to quote this because I don't have the research, but be careful with submerging your head underwater too long because I've heard that that your like your eyeballs are like oh, a God. certain amount of water, like literally that like, your eyeballs can freeze over a little bit. Um, and maybe it's not credible with that that information. I just remember someone telling me like, be careful you go underwater too long and too cold of water because your eyeballs will freeze first before anything happens. Oh. Um, so I, I do go under. I, I actually dunk under for about 10, 15 seconds. And I've actually yeah. noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but I go up to my neck. Like when I really want to go, I, I put my whole body in. And, my, and when you put your hands in, it's like a whole different, it's a whole different world because yes. your extremities are your hands, feet, and top of your head. Those are the most sensitive. So if you have your hands in with you up to your neck, it's just a totally different beast. But what I've learned is if I dunk all the way in, right away, boom, underwater, 10 seconds, come yeah. up and then just go up to my neck, it's a lot easier of a transition. Like you're, you don't you don't suffer as much. Like if you just go in and don't put your head under and just put – it's almost like the first minute's tough. But if you dunk under, it's maybe like – it's a lot easier to get into the – the, just the relaxation of being in the cold plunge. So I've had yeah. learned that. I was going up to like, you know, my shoulders. And I remember I have a plunge. Diamond Dallas Page is a good friend of mine. He has a plunge as well. So I sent him a picture like, hey, I'm in the plunge today. He immediately calls me and goes, bro, you got to go all the way up to your neck. <laughs> and like, oh, and like now every time I go in, I'm like all the way to like my chin. Thinking <laughs> yeah, I see. I have, <laughs> I have a problem because I'm small and the, which one do we have? Polar monkey? We have a polar, we have polar monkey. monkey. It's, yeah, it's a yeah, polar monkey. So it's like a decent sized tub. It's like so, a regular tub. It's like a yeah. regular sized tub. But for me to get all the way in, I have to because my feet don't don't. Yeah, because it's kind of deep tub. Yeah, up. so they float up. So it, my, it, the same for my wife. Oh really? So I don't feel so bad. So I'm like trying to get in because I also have like sometimes like numbness with my hands, probably from some nerves going on in my neck and whatnot. So he's always like, put your hands in. So if I put them in, but then I try to go all the way in, I obviously I got to hold hold something so i'm not fully dunking my head so maybe i should just go under and just yeah, try just the snorkel under. i'm gonna try the snorkel but i think you're right i think it needs to be more be around like 48 50 Probably. like because yeah. i keep mine i keep mine about 45 that's like my favorite temperature like 45 46 um but i, I do love there's it new science like there's new studies now saying that like as long as it's 55 yep. or below that's yep. considered a cold plunge oh okay yeah do you follow so I uh feel like 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. Me doing it 39 was just like a total ego. No, thing, no, it was, yeah. yeah, honestly, <laughs> you're funny you say that because um, you follow uh, Gary Brecca on Instagram, yes, 10X. Yes, yeah, so I got the hydrogen water bottle right here. But Oh, um, I need one of those. Mm. I saw Zac Efron drinking out of one of those at it. the Iron Claw press conference. I'm like, what is that? He kept turning the button on. Yep, yeah. Right up. Yep. That's so funny. Um, but so what he says, he actually says, um, he's big on the cold plunge, and he actually yeah. says uh, there's no research that supports colders better once you get past like below 52 so like you know anything below like 52 for like i think it's 55 actually 55 and below it's the same benefits like people are like oh i'm gonna go in at 40 degrees and it's gonna be better for me but it's not if it's 50 or 40 it's still the same effect on your body so you are right so don't go where like it's so uncomfortable but i, I like 45 46 and find your number and, and be good with it so but if you've never done it 55 feels absolutely freezing, freezing. Freezing. But you know what's funny, Chris? Now that you're so good, if you put it at 55, it won't even be that cold for you. You know that, right? Like you probably I, like, I, I went in yesterday and like it's kind of cold out here. So I feel like the tub was about the same as the air. And I'm like, oh, this is nothing. Like, not it's that bad, right? Minutes. Yeah, you get really used to it. And that's my problem. I don't stay consistent. So it's actually mm. harder for me. Wow. Like if I'm not consistent and I go in and it's been a while, I'm like, oh, damn, like this is brutal. Like, but it. you got to stay consistent. Oh, so you guys have different morning routines then? You guys have <laughs> We do. A little bit. We do. We do. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> Tell him what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my morning routine, I'm very strict. And Monday through Friday, I get up 6.45, alarm goes off. Um, I come in. I actually, first thing I do now is I push the button. I, I have, we have a hydrogen water bottle. So I make the, the hydrogen one. water, the big one. I make that. I go outside. I do like my 10 minutes of just prayer and meditation. I go outside and I just say, say my gratitude, how appreciative I am of life and breathing another day. And I just take 10 minutes to myself. I'll usually come back in, do the hydrogen water, drink that a whole gallon. Maybe I'll put lemon in there, maybe apple cider vinegar a little bit to get the, the system going. Um, I'll actually, right now, I'm jumping right in the pool before the cold plunge just because the pool is cold. I just get a kind of shock before I go work out. And then I have my whole morning workout routine. I usually come in, make a shake. Then I go my infrared sauna. And then I usually end with my cold plunge. I know there's been things that people say go in your cold plunge first, but I like to end my day with my cold plunge, like my whole morning routine. And then... Um, I do that. I do, you know, I go in the office, do some emails and whatever I got to do for the day. I kind of start my day, but I'm like, my morning routine is real strict. Like I get up the same time, Mandy, I'm, I'm strict, but yeah. I will preface something. Mandy likes those blackout shades a little too much <laughs> in our room. So <laughs> what happened was, um, so since I've been out of WWE, my schedule obviously is, is very open. I, I, I'm very, very busy. Don't get me wrong. I do a lot, but I don't golf every day. So I don't golf every day, I do twice <laughs> oh. a week, maybe three times, okay? So I have a lot of day. Like if I like I like I get my stuff done in the morning or whatnot. I I, I wake up, I, I do kind of similar routine. I'm a little bit like thirty minutes past you or sometimes an hour yeah. because his buddy in the neighborhood will train with him in the garage and you know, it's not a it's two car garage, but like it's a little tight with these two big guys and then me in there. So I I sometimes like to like get in there 30 minutes after or whatnot. Um, but so then I have the whole day and I don't golf every day, like what I was saying. So I have to sometimes like do my cardio in the morning and then I'll lift later because it breaks up my day. And I sometimes just like, like going to a gym as well. So yeah, our, our routines are a little different. So Chris, I got to ask you questions. Does <laughs> your beautiful, lovely wife exaggerate as much as Mandy does? Is this like a female <laughs> thing you think? Cause like I'll golf like two, three days a week, maybe. And she'll say I golf every day. And I'm like, you know, there's uh, seven days in the week. Well, right? he's at the course probably four times no, a week. No, that is not true. Least. That's wow. not true at all. 
That's if not you're not playing, all. you're at the range practicing That's my game. Three days a week. Apparently, Chris. they're calling them for PGA Tour. I yeah, wasn't. Okay. <laughs> What's your handicap these days? Uh, it's not great. I'm like an eight, seven, eight. Uh, so you're he, you're you're shooting like an eighty? Yeah. Tell I'm what like, you shot I, last I, week? I, my, I shot my best score two weeks ago. Shot a seventy-six. That was my best score. Oh ever. my god! This is that amazing. was I didn't that, hear the but, end but, of that. But one. that was my best score ever. But but then the next week I shot next round I shot like eighty-two. So I'm probably low eighties consistently. Like between eighty and eighty-five is like my range. But wow. but but like golf, like you, you can go out. I can go out and shoot a ninety tomorrow. That's just golf. I mean, it is. Oh, he sure. came home after that seventy-six. Oh, like, I felt like chip on his I shoulder. Felt like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. <laughs> it was really funny. Well, listen, Chris. Uh, before we wrap this up, um, I do want to ask you a couple things to wrap it up. I would love for you to give some advice out there for these people listening. Um, give some advice that they can continue to chase whatever they're chasing. Um, and also, I'm going to ask you the same questions. I want to know three things you're grateful for. So Ooh, double question. His... I'm stealing it. We got to think I of love something it, different. Though. But I love it. It I is love a great. It. I, okay, love how about it. I want four things you're grateful for. Oh. <laughs> but 25% more gratitude. 25% yeah. more gratitude. But honestly, I, as we wrap this up, I would love for you to give some advice because you are extremely successful and you, you've done so much. And I know it's not all been sunshine and rainbows. So I know you went through struggles. So give some advice out there you want to end this with. I'll tell you a piece of advice that John Cena gave me that I will never forget. And it's three words. It's so simple but it makes so much sense and it's so powerful. He told me, control the controllable. There's so many things in life that you don't have any control. I love that. I love that. You can't control what other people do. You can't control what other people say, but what you can control is how you react to what other people do mm. and what other people say. And that's one that has always stuck with me. So good. not every day is good. Not every day is fun. And there's always going to be oh, tough moments. Man. But you got to remember that in those tough moments, you have control over the things that you have control over. So that's definitely something that stuck with me. And it's something that I try to pass along to everybody else. So three simple love words. That. Control, Dude, that is so deep. I love that advice. I love, I love it. And I've lived by it. And I've gave that advice to people. And that, that to me, what you just said, couldn't be any And that's with advice. anything in the world. Like that, I mean, we dealt with that a lot in WWE and sports and all that, but that's like any job you have. Like there are things that you're never gonna be able to control. And if you stay, if you harp on those things, you're never gonna get anywhere. Just oh, control that. I love that. That's, that's great amazing. advice. And I understand how like how lucky we all of us are in this conversation to be able to do what we love for a living. And I also get that that's not the case for everybody. But I will say, do something you love every day whether mm. that's working out or it's playing golf or it's playing in the guitar or whatever it happens to be like, whatever that thing is that really like lights you up, like bring that into your day or bring that into your week. Like, because if you love playing guitar and you put it away in the closet and you don't play the guitar anymore, that dream does die. And that excitement that comes along with it goes away. So whatever it is that that thing that lights you up like bring that into your every day or or your every week i think that's a really important part and if you don't enjoy what you do for a living that can at least be your light wow love that that is so deep man i love that chris and then four things i'm grateful for okay oh, yes. here we go <laughs> i'm so so grateful for my family like they're they're my people and i'm so grateful for them so obviously that's my wife rachel and my daughter, Logan, our dog, Luna, oh. my mom and dad are still together. They're going to celebrate their 50th wedding. Wow. This year. That's so awesome. 50, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So super grateful for them. And then number two, grateful for our health. Like without Absolutely. health, you've got a lot of issues. And there's a quote that I always come back to. It's the 
the well man has a thousand problems and the sick man has one and everything's fine until it's not fine. So I'm super mm. grateful for my health, grateful for opportunities, like grateful for this right now in this exact moment that we have the opportunity right now. We're on different sides of the country to be able to chat. Like we're sitting down next to each other. Like I'm just so it. grateful that that exists. And number four, I'm grateful for pro wrestling. Like that, you know, Love that's, I, I've spent my entire career in broadcasting with wrestling kind of always being there, whether that's me interviewing wrestlers or me that me being a backstage announcer, like I was in AEW for a few shows or being a ring announcer on some independent shows. Like wrestling's kind of always been there. And the thing that I love about wrestling, even if you just love wrestling just a little bit, when you meet somebody else who's a wrestling fan, it's like that scene in Step Brothers. Did we just Did become, we just become best friends? friends? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm grateful I love that. for I'm grateful for how wrestling brings us all together. Not just wrestling, but whatever your niche is, whatever the thing is that you're super passionate about, I'm grateful for that. How like it can really connect people across cities and countries and time zones and all of that. I'm super grateful for that. That's you know, awesome. you know what I think is so amazing, babe, and and. and Everything Chris is talking about right here, if you go back in our past podcast, mm -hmm. it's our theme. I thought right? of that. Control before. what you can control. We always talk about that's why you talk wow. about your health. Like yeah. it's everything you're saying is is being is, grateful. We all in the being moment. grateful. Being we just literally, I, I feel like we preach. You, yeah, everything we preach, you just talked about, and I think to me, it, it's it's a privilege to have you on here, and, and now I know why you've been so successful um, because you have the same principles that I feel like we're trying to kind of um, be transparent about to our audience and, and get out there. And I can't, I can't get over some of the things you said because some of the things you said, I think we've all said, Mandy said, if I said on, on, on past podcasts, and this is what we want going forward. So yeah, um, positive energy, positive so. energy. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'll let Mandy get have the stage for a little bit, but Chris, I'm humbled that you came on our show. I'm grateful and hopefully we can do it again. And, uh, you know, we could have many more. Yeah, thank you, Chris. We're we're really grateful to have you on and um, definitely doing like if we do an in-person one, which will be lots of fun and tell all our guests and all our viewers um, where they can find you and your podcast as well. Yeah, talk, talk a little bit about your page, Chris, before you go. Well, Mandy, Savvy, you guys are the best. You guys are my people. So yeah, I love it. Thank love you it. so much for having me on and so great to be able to spend some time with you guys. I want to have you guys back on my show, but in person. So yeah. next time I'm in Florida, let's make this happen. Maybe we can rent out the studio that yeah. you're in right now. The yeah. studio is beautiful. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. great. So wherever people are listening to this right now, you can find my podcast, Insight with Chris Van Fleet. You can go check out the interviews that I've done with Mandy or Savvy mm -hmm. or other people like... The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, L.A. Knight. Yeah, all these interviews that we've done <laughs> over the last year or two. You can go check those out. I'm also on YouTube. I have two channels. Chris Van Fleet's the main channel with the full interviews. And then CVV Clips is where the most memorable, fun moments are in just clip form. And then, of course, you can just find me on social media under my name, Chris Van Fleet. Uh, but again, you guys are so awesome. Congrats on not just starting the podcast, but congrats on keeping this thing going. And I can't wait to see when you guys are at episode 100 and then episode 500 and then beyond. That's awesome. It, Thank you. Yeah, Thank we're really excited. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your experience and your knowledge, man. It's uh, You taught me a lot today. Yes, you did. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, make sure you like and subscribe us on YouTube, as well as we're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and very great episode. Wow. Thanks, Chris, so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
All right. We'll see you guys soon. See you.